Welcome to Should I Get Bangs. I am your host, Julia Razzi. And uh, today on the show, I am so excited. It's been a lot of rescheduling. She is the host of Nailed It. She's the host of Wipeout. She's a fantastic comedian. Please welcome to the show a friend, Nicole, me, Nicole Byer. Oh my God. It is as if I've never said my name out loud or introduced myself to a person. Well, I am putting the responsibility on the guest because I'm sick of doing it. So you did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Before we started, I, I should have waited till we were recording to say it, but I will share with the audience that Nicole taught my daughter how to put her finger up and down, like basically wave with her finger. And now she's obsessed. Well, it was just a thing where she was doing it. So I was like, oh, I can do that too. And then I would do it and then she would do it. And then it becomes like a fun little game. Um, Repetition is how you teach children. Uh, And then when an adult is excited about something they do, they're like, oh, do it over and over and over again. Yeah. And now it's like her, it's her signature. Oh, I love that. I hope she keeps that forever because that's cute. She'd be like, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. And her her hands never grow. It's just full size adult body. Baby hands. Just like a strong index finger (laughs) from going up and down. (laughs) Stella is so cute. Um, She's very smart. She understands timing. You know, I I feel like I'm not allowed to say my daughter's super smart because I I mean I think she's a perfect beautiful genius and <laughs> I want I want this recorded as much as possible so that when she is in therapy inevitably uh she can hear this podcast and all the times I've called her beautiful and smart and say none of it was my fault, you know? Uh yeah. that I you know, no, I I agree. One. I met her. Yeah. I thought she was very very she's like friendly. She's smart. Um, she's really just, she's a good little girl or a good Aww. little person. Cause if she listens to this or if, if Stella listens to this in the future and Stella is somebody else who they want to be, I want to acknowledge that too. <laughs> oh, good job. That is, listen, man. I'm really trying. Uh, I've learned that when you ask somebody, uh, what the baby's gender will be. You say, what is this? Do you know the assigned birth gender? And that's how you ask it. So you don't. Oh. Yeah. I'm learning. I'm trying to really learn about pronouns. And because I do think gender is a construct. Like, I don't understand why we have separate bathrooms. I've never been in a bathroom with a man and been like, yikes. What if he slips it in? (laughs) It Well, you know, I do a lot of... Well, okay, two things. One, it is weird because I do feel like whenever someone tells me they're pregnant and then, you know, naturally often the next question is, oh, do you know if you're having a boy or a girl? No matter what they say, I always go, oh, it's yeah. like, <laughs> like, as if there's a wrong answer. Um, and two about like the gender construct is like a lot, like I love talking about gender differences because I think it's fascinating the way that we're socialized, you know, like mm-hmm. I, it's because it really does affect the way a lot of people are socialized. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's but- wild. Like 
The doctor goes, you're having a girl. So then you go, great. I'm going to buy everything pink. I'm going to paint this room pink. She's going to Barbies and dresses. And then it's like a boy, blue, trucks. And it's very much like, I don't know, paint the room the color you like. I don't know. If I have a boy or a girl, I don't want, I don't want children. But say in a, in a world, if I did, <laughs> I'd paint the room probably like hot pink and purple with a little bit of black yeah. or something. Have a wild little crib, buy them all the toys under the sun, and then be like, hey, buddy, whatever you fucking want to be is uh, fine by me. Listen, as long as she continues to like the cheetah and leopard print I have forced upon uh, her, they can be whatever they want. Yes, whatever uh, the fuck you want to be. Who cares? I'm really hoping. Like, whenever, you know, like, there's a ton of coming out stories or whatever. Whenever I watch one where the mother or the father's like, no. No, I'm like, this doesn't affect you at all. Why are you so upset? I know, but it's, but they don't know. I mean, I, I, I choose to believe, and I think this is true. Most people who have a negative reaction to something like that is just, they don't, they didn't know that you can, they weren't taught that you can be who you really are, Mm -hmm. you know? And it is, I mean, I, as a somewhat not too old modern-ish woman. I've talked about this many times on the show and I feel like a broken record, but I look at the youth and I'm like, God, they have so much more freedom than I even thought was possible, you know? And, and, Mm -hmm. and, and so I can't even imagine what like my parents or my grandparents' generation, like the, how they look at my generation as having more freedom. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, each generation has a little bit more freedom than the, the last one. I disagree okay i think that each generation there is like a like a pocket of people who experiment Mm. who like because you know there's gender queer people who are 60 who are like i've never fit in a box and i've always lived my life like this i think there's little pockets and i think the pockets just getting a little bit bigger um because i think about people my age who are like oh i've never done a drug and i've never had sex and i'm like oh yeah, that there's such extremes, but I think it's like slowly kind of pushing up against societal norms. But then you think about like 20 year olds who are in who are like, I'm like, I found this 20 year old girl. I think she's 20. I don't know. She's blonde. She's she's got big eyebrows and she like loves Donald Trump. And I'm like, you're 20 and your whole identity right now <laughs> is big eyebrows and liking Donald Trump. Man, yeah. you've got to leave your house and get a hobby. <laughs> yeah i guess you're right i i guess the narrative that i have told myself or that i have picked up on is that everyone younger than me is wild confident and free (laughs) and i uh yeah, I don't know. And that's not, you're 100% right. That's not Because if you think about true. it, people are like, oh, the next generation will save the planet. And it keeps getting worse and worse. Like, we're doing fast fashion <sighs> and like shit like that. We're doing our part to destroy the planet. The next generation is going to do their part to destroy the planet. So like, I think it, I feel like it's a narrative that people keep perpetuating I'm not, maybe it's like, maybe it's big industry. I don't know. I truly don't know. I, because you're not the only person who said that. And I used to think that for a long time. I'm like, man, these, these young people just, 
they're just so free. And then I'm like, no, it's just some of them. Yeah, it's just the ones who maybe have who amplify it and promote it and share. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I just hope that this planet exists and is kind to my child because I just want her to have maybe she'll be the one to fix it with that little finger. Maybe. You know, maybe with she'll push the right button. Oh my god, Julia. I was on Instagram the other day and I watched this video about like a group of scientists who started a lab to figure out how to make insulin for people because insulin now costs a thousand dollars for like a prescription or, or a vial. I don't know. It is wild. And I was like, this is price gouging at like it's wildest, but these people got together and they're like, insulin should be accessible to people. So they're trying to figure out how to make insulin because it's like, I guess a patent were like a secret. I don't know. Or it's hard. So they're like almost had a breakthrough. And then their plan is to not like mass produce it is to set up like little, little fucking labs around the world. So people could get cheaper insulin. Oh. And I was like, this is nuts. So maybe, maybe, maybe the, the later years will save the world. But isn't that crazy that that's how we have to save each other? Well, and then it makes me wonder, you know, not to make this as an ex- an existential crisis on my behalf, but <laughs> when am I not having one? Um, I'll tell you when I wasn't having one. I felt like during the pandemic when I was in my little bubble, you know, <laughs> making nachos and watching Netflix all the time. I was like, okay. But no, now I'm like, God, I feel like it's it's either people are terrible uh-huh. or doing what you just said. And then yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle where I'm not terrible, but I'm also not in a lab. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I want to help. Uh, and I hope I am, but you know, you are, you're making people laugh. And that is a therapeutic thing that people fucking yes. need. I, I agree. I agree. But when you see like the people who are like the fa- I'm so glad you brought up fast fashion because I don't think a lot of people I'm I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but like I am when my eyes got open to how awful the fashion mm-hmm. industry is as far as the environment, human rights. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I, think- I mean, intellectual property, like, I mean, that's oh, on yeah. the higher end of the problems or no, the lower end of the problems. But yeah, like the the people who work in garment factories, they don't give a fucking shit about them. And then no. when you're like, why are these pants the same size, but like one's so much smaller than the other? It's like, well, those tiny hands had trouble sewing, <laughs> you know, to the right specifications. And it's like $20 for you means 30 cents an hour for somebody else. Yeah. And it's, it's fucked up. I try very hard not to buy fast fashion, but I will say... It is hard as a fatter lady to find like ethically, ethically, yes, ethically sustainable brands. But that's why like I just thrift a lot. Well, thrifting is great. And also a lot of brands, there's this great um, app called Good On You. And Mm -hmm. you type in any brand and it will tell you their ratings for like, and they'll be like, it's good. It's not good enough. And H&M. And a few, uh, I think, I want to say Zara, like a few companies that kind of got shit in recent years have like done Mm -hmm. a lot. I'm not saying they're 
amazing. That they're but doing there are, better than they were. Yeah, like Forever 21 is absolute garbage. The worst, <laughs> the worst, the worst. Victoria's <laughs> Secret is garbage. And what so blows my fuck, like, I, I feel like I've ruined my friends' lives because, you know, we all, you have like the one friend who's like a vegan and they're always telling you about mm-hmm. animal production. And then you have another friend who says, well, I'm the one who knows about fashion. So I'll be like, the, I'll be like, oh, I like your shirt. They're like, yeah, I got it at $2 at you know, forever 21. And I'm like, mm-hmm. say it, don't say it, don't say it. And I'm like, why do you think it was $2? I mean, say it because you can probably find the same thing at a thrift store because yeah. fashion just comes back around. Also, somebody else bought that shirt and didn't want it and got rid of it. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I also just find cooler things at a thrift store, but that's oh, like not to say that I don't sometimes buy shit from forever 21, but I try very hard not to. But when the Forever 21 t-shirt is like women, you know, female women are the future. And you're like, Mm -hmm. is the woman, the 13 year old that you didn't pay to make this the future? (laughs) She's going to climb the factory ladder and soon she'll be the head (laughs) seller. It's the, but it, you know, what sucks though is like, it is as a consumer, I try to be a conscious consumer. I really do. Like for my daughter's birthday, I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't buy balloons because I know balloons are bad for the environment, but like, I got to get her some balloons, but like, it should be up to companies to figure out how to make balloons that are okay for the environment. Like, yes. why am I, I, w- I did, yes. I spent hours online trying to find paper cups and plates that like were the least carbon footprint and then i ended up finding them on amazon and then i felt bad about that and i was just like i don't know how to be a good person <laughs> like i'm I trying mean, it's fucking hard that's there's yeah. this it's, it's a meme on the internet but it's a picture of the literal ocean on fire and the caption is just like yes i can prevent this by recycling me alone yeah. And it's like, yeah, stop telling us we can change anything. We cannot change anything. Corporations have to fucking change shit. Like, yeah. it's so nuts. It's so wild that Jeff Bezos gets to go to space and not pay taxes. I don't want to be here and I don't want to pay taxes. How come I can't live like that? <laughs> I love what his ex-wife has been doing, though. She's been giving away their money. Oh, leave it to the lady. Yeah. I Leave mean, imagine being married to bald. Jeff Bezos. Ugh. These men, they're disgusting. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> that fucking ghost on a surfboard. He's sick looking. Ugh. <laughs> ghost Ugh. on a surfboard. Well, have you seen that picture? I have seen the picture. He like, lives I... in Hawaii and cannot get a tan. Sir, you're the devil. You're evil. <sighs> Your skin Does doesn't he... change, son. Not even a burn. Nothing. No, I don't like Ghost Rider. He's not for me. I do not like <laughs> Facebook. Well, you know, in the spirit of breakdowns, I do break down <laughs> about this a lot. I mean, I do. I really do. I've had, I was having a meltdown looking for the paper plates. And, uh, you know, I know that you, well, when I asked, what I love is very often when I ask people to do the show, I'm like, so do you have a specific breakdown or break? And people are always like, oh, many. And I'm like, great. <laughs> All of them, please. Yeah, I have. So, okay. I have ADHD. So I'm like pretty absent-minded just in general about life. And, and are you di- I, diagnosed? Yes, diagnosed on medication. It does help 
but sometimes not enough. And I don't track my period. So I have wild mood swings. And in my brain, I'm just crazy. But if I were to track my period, it'd be like, oh, you're literally just PMSing. And if I had that in the back of my brain, I probably wouldn't freak out as hard as I do sometimes. But I had gone to an audition. This is when I lived in New York. And I also just say things sometimes. (laughs) I just say what's on my mind. (laughs) So during this audition, the girl the casting director looked to be like my age and I was 22 maybe at the time. And I looked at her and I was like, you're pretty young to get this job. Like, what did you do to get this job? Which is like, Nicole, what are you insinuating? Like, what was it? It wasn't a commercial edition or like, no, this was for a play. This is for, I believe an off Broadway play. that I found in backstage, which is the actor's trade for the theater. Mm. And um, she was like, oh, I mean, I just, you know, I have this job. Thank you. And I was like, huh, okay. (laughs) Not really an answer, but all right. And she was like, well, let's just see your piece that you you, uh, prepared. I said, great. So I believe I was doing a monologue from Fat Pig by Neil Butte which is he got canceled, unfortunately. And none of the details as to why he got canceled ever came out, which was interesting. He'll be fine. I I mean, maybe. He had a a residency at the Lucille Latour, I think, theater. Uh Or no, the MacArthur. I don't know. Some theater in New York he had a residency at, and then that went away, and he hasn't had a play produced since. Anyway, so. He'll start doing stand-up pretty soon. (laughs) I'll be fine. <laughs> He'll start opening for <laughs> fucking Bill Cosby. I cannot believe that man was let out. Uh, anyway, so I start the monologue. I get two lines in, and then in my brain, I was like, that's not the words. And then I was like, what are the words? And then I looked at her and I was like, fuck. And she was like, oh, what? And I said, I fucked up. Can I start over? And she said, sure. So I started over, same thing, same place. And I was like, fuck. And I was like, can I do it again? She was like, okay. So I did it again, got through the whole thing. And I went, there you go. And she went, actually, that was very good. You're very, very good. And I was like, thank you so much. And she's like, but you will not get this part. You have to learn how to speak to people and audition and be in a room, which in hindsight, great advice. You don't want, and I, Later in my career, did the same thing, lost out on a part, and the girl they cast, they plopped my curly wig right on top, and I was like, this is because I insulted the writer. <laughs> so <laughs> so I went to Foot Locker. This is Foot Locker on 14th Street, I think in like 8th, 6th Avenue, maybe? Do not think it's there anymore. Or no, was it? No, maybe it was 34th Street. Yes, it was 34th Street. I walked in because I wanted a new pair of Converse's. They were my sneaker of choice. I walked in, saw them on the wall, picked them up, flipped them over, and they were $10 more than they normally were. They were $35 when I bought them last. Now they were $45. And I started crying, just like real, like <laughs> boo-hoo weeping, like woo <laughs> And then so I came over and they're like, can I help you? And I lifted the shoe in the air with my other hand and I said, no, no one can help me. And then slowly <laughs> melted to the floor and <laughs> cried oh for like, I don't know, two full minutes, which is like a long time. And then Did anyone like, ask you to leave? 
Nobody asked me to leave. (laughs) And then I got up, like dusted myself off, put the shoe back on, walked out of the store and then started laughing uncontrollably because I was like, that was so dumb. And I don't know. I wonder if those people who work there remember it and talk about it to this day. They're like, this big black lady came in, (laughs) threw herself on the floor, laughed outside. (laughs) I don't think she was okay. So do you, do you think your, so are you associating your outburst uh, and forgetting the lines with, were you diagnosed with ADHD at the time? No, I didn't get diagnosed with ADHD for many, many moons after. I would say a full decade. So do you think that was ADHD happening? Yeah, but now I know when it's happening. So like I just did a show in Irvine where I was looking at the crowd, telling a joke, and this man was walking down the aisle and I could see his muscles and he was really hot. And I was like, oh, I'd like to ask him about his muscles. And I was like, no, keep talking. You are performing. So like now I can do that and like Mm -hmm. kind of compartmentalize a thought without like having to stop and be like, I'm sorry. I was thinking too hard and I got lost. Um, I used to have to put like my set list on the stool because if I did crowd work, I wouldn't be able to, I would, I would just be like, I have no idea how to get back to, to what jokes are. I don't know. Uh, Can't remember. Sidetracked. We're on a different route. Um, But yeah. So now I know how to do that. But in my twenties, no. Yeah, well, I will say, as far as the people in Foot Locker, I do feel like people, especially in retail in New York, I do wonder if they go through any special training to deal with crying people. Because <laughs> in New York, if you ever lived in New York City, uh, you, I know for myself when I lived there, I'd be often be out for the day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would like pack my bag in the morning. I'd be like, you know, I have, have a job and I have an audition and I have a sh- and like, so I'd be out for the day. So should a, the mood mm. strike, which boy, oh boy, did it always, especially in uh-huh. New York, I would go to the whole food salad bar or often a uh, Babies R Us was another place I like to cry, mm-hmm. even though I didn't have a baby. But they also had a bathroom, which I went to took a pregnancy <laughs> test in, which it was negative. Thank God. But it was a great place to take. Anyways, but there's a lot of stores that I've walked into to be like, baby, I can just like that, like a dressing room uh-huh. at Macy's. Oh, my God. <laughs> the amount of times I cried in that dressing room at Macy's. That's so funny. <laughs> They're probably just like, ignore Ignore. Like, just ignore it. Whatever. People are crying. Yeah, I cried on the bus a lot. I would cry on the train. Oh, yeah, the in train New York, crying. you just you have to public cry because you're right. You leave for the day. You're not going all the way the fuck back to your house. You're out. Yeah, at least in LA, I always the biggest difference between you know I know people love New York versus LA jokes, and um, <laughs> you know New York you cry in public on the train, and LA you cry in private in your car. That's really the yeah. big uh-huh. difference. Yeah, when I first moved to LA, I cried so much in my car, just like sobbing around lots because for an audition, they send you to these lots. You either have to walk 10 miles to get to the fucking room and it's like 90 (laughs) degrees or the fucking guard gives you a map and they don't write arrows on it. And then you're like, I have no idea where I'm supposed to park. And then you're just sobbing at Sony and it's (laughs) after you've driven for 45 minutes. The worst Ugh. meltdown I had on a lot was I 
I don't even know. I'm, I'm going to try to shorten this and make this as less complicated as possible. But long story short, an old manager of mine had an assistant that I think, I don't know if he was on meth or like, oh, he, ended no. up leaving, he ended up leaving. Okay. He had an issue, but okay. he kept he kept calling to tell me I had a meeting on the Fox lot. Uh-huh. And then every time I would, is then as soon as I would like get to the, like before I would pull up to the gate, he would call and be like, sorry, they had to cancel. And this happened like I was here visiting. I wasn't living here yet. And this happened like multi, it was very bizarre. He Weird. also, yeah, he also had a relative on the Fox lot and was like hooking it up. I don't know what was going on, but all I know is, the, la- the the third time this happened, uh, on my way to the Fox lot, I stopped to get a coffee. I had a rental car. I didn't realize the trunk was like automatic. So it popped open and hit me in the face. Oh, and no. Blood started pouring out of my head. Uh, and I ran back into the coffee shop with like holding like a pool of blood in my hand and I was like excuse me could I please have a band-aid and like nobody looked up from their screenwriting <sighs> laptop they were just like interior woman crying blood you know like nobody <laughs> cared and the guy was like uh do you want to go to the bathroom that's pretty bad so I go patch myself up in the bathroom I drive most likely with a concussion from the east side to if for anyone who doesn't know Los Angeles it's a good probably 40 minutes to the Fox lot, right? Mm-hmm. I pull up. I'm like, okay, my blood is dry. I can go to this meeting. I get to the gate. They say they don't know who I am. My mm-hmm. name is not on the list. I was like, <laughs> and I went to Fox and going, no, but I swear my name's on the list, please. And I started crying. God, I'm like a crazy person that's demanding a meeting with Fox. Uh, and, and then it turns out that the assistant was like a pathological liar and on drugs and uh, no one, no one really ever gave me the apology I felt I deserved. Wait, uh, and that's I, and so fully fucking wild. It was that. wild. And I, and now without getting too into it, uh, I feel like the people at Fox because there was a connection kind of there with me think that I'm crazy. So basically mm-hmm. I came across as a crazy person driving to Fox demanding a meeting, but it was actually <laughs> my manager's assistant who I believe was on drugs falsely wow. setting up meetings. I that mean, weren't there. honestly, what an incredible delusion <laughs> to like smoke a bowl of meth Drive on over to work, all <laughs> tweaking out. Get on your computer and be like, meetings. I'll set up meetings. And then just like set up meetings all day and then be like, ah, I must smoke more meth. And then be like, more yep. meetings. Because it's like you can't do auditions. You need the sides. So, you know, oh, I guess you could set up self-tapes. Yeah, I mean, what an incredible delusion. Like, always I, busy, on meth. Just tap, tap, like tap, and away. on a list. I'm so worried I'm on a list of like, <laughs> do not allow this girl back on the lot. But um, yeah. You're funny. Was- Anytime they don't have my name at a lot, I go, okay, well, I tried. <laughs> and then I immediately turn around and start driving home. And then I'll text had- my manager's assistant. And I'll be like, they didn't have my name and I'm gone. And they'll be like, wait, wait. And I'm like, no, no, I'm gone. <laughs> well, that's how I was the first two times. But because I drove there concussed, 
uh, <laughs> for the third and final time. I couldn't take it anymore. I had spent all this money on gas. Like it was, <laughs> it was not a good look. But um, so what made you? Speaking of ADD, I'm like, let me get back on track. Um, sure. so how? What led you to go and seek out a diagnosis? Because I do think with AD and 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 you know, tell me if you agree, but. I think what is so tricky about uh, all mental issues, you know, is like ADD can mimic anxiety. Anxiety has traces of depression. Depression is mm-hmm. traces of ADHD. Like they all sort of overlap. And and I know for myself, like I thought I had ADHD for a while. I took the test. I don't. I have anxiety and depression, but I, I don't know. It's sort of like all mushed. So mm-hmm. what, what led you to get the diagnosis and, and, and all that? So a friend, a mutual friend of ours, um, I had gone away on this like trip with her and, and a bunch of other friends. And she was talking about how she was diagnosed with ADHD recently. And she was like, you know, I thought something was wrong with me. The fact that like, I couldn't finish work. My, my mail would pile up. I would feel like I needed to do things, but I physically couldn't do these things. And I was like, that is me. And I like almost started crying. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Cause I spent years like going to therapy being like, I feel crazy. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I cannot articulate it because when it happens in the moment, yes, I can articulate that. Like, Oh, I was driving my car the other day and I needed to call my therapist. All I needed to do was pick up my phone that was sitting right on my passenger seat. I was at a red light, but I said, I can't possibly do that. I can't possibly, you know, put my clothes from the washer to the dryer. I couldn't, I can't do that. I can't do that right now. And it's like, I can't explain to you why I can't do it. I just Mm. like, I can't my little piles. Well, I know where everything is when they're in little piles, mail, well, if you open mail, then there's other things you have to do. So people just tell you you're lazy. So then you just, you're like, oh, I'm a lazy person. I don't like doing things. And it's like, well, if you think about it, it's not that you don't like doing it. It's like you physically can't. And then you just do things that like, so like I also overeat and I overeat because my brain goes, I know how to eat. I can just do that that I can do that. I can, I can't, mm. I don't know how to break this fucking script. I don't know how to do this outline. Um, I don't know how to learn lines, but it's like, if you think about it, you do know how to do all those things. You don't have to just eat. Um, so it was, it was just like a very interesting thing. Like I constantly watch the same shows because I'm like, I know how to watch them. I know the outcome. If I watch something alone and I don't know the outcome, who will I ask? What's going to happen next? Because I'd like to oh. know. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't possibly just sit here and concentrate. I have to look at my phone for a little bit. And if I know what's going to happen next, I won't miss anything. So it's just a lot of things where I just, it's a lot of just like accepting. It's like, okay, well, like I had a bunch of stuff that I was trying to get rid of, a bunch of clothes in my room. Stayed in my room for like three weeks. Every day I passed it, I was like, it's okay that you're here. You'll get moved one day. And then one day I said, I have to move it. And then I, moved it and then cleaned my whole room because that's it's hyper focused on stuff um yeah it's a it's a struggle but like it's fine (laughs) it's okay if it's not fine (laughs) it's i mean right now it's okay living alone is a little hard specifically because like i become less performative like when I have roommates, I'm like, well, I have to clean a little bit because like, mm-hmm. what if these other people think I'm a dirt monster? But when you're alone, you're like, 
Mm, that could be a dirt monster. Nobody will know. Yeah. And so you went through, so this friend suggested, and then did you go and oh, take, yeah. like get tested? So yeah, I went to, I told my therapist what I thought and she said, mm, yes, I'm sorry. I don't know why I didn't suggest that earlier. Um, she was like, I fully, yes, I see that. Um, and then I went to a psychiatrist. She literally let me talk for maybe 20 minutes, maybe 15. And she was like, it's severe. And I was like, oh. wow. <laughs> and then she was like, I want to put you on a low dose of uh, Vyvanse, which is time released because you can't really abuse it. You take, you take it. It's tight. It's time. It, it, it like just releases over the course of the day as opposed to like Adderall, where I think if you snort it or whatever, it like hits your mm -hmm. bloodstream faster. I don't think Vyvanse that works that way. Anyway. Um, she was like, so when you take it, do you get like a rush or anything? And I was like, no. I was like, the only thing that happens is I take it and I go, hmm. Okay, don't fall back asleep. And then I go, okay, all With right. With the bands? Yeah. Because before I could wake up and truly, I guess it's like if I don't take it now, I wake up and I go, eh, well, I was awake for 10 minutes. I should go back to sleep for the rest of the day. Because, I don't know, mm. if you sleep, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to figure out your day. You don't have to do a single thing. You can just sleep, and your brain is fine. But then you're up all night, just moving and shaking and uh, moving books from one place to another. <laughs> okay. All right. This this I, And so she didn't make you take uh, um the formal test? No. Because I took this test where I had to, like put shapes in a thing and then answer history questions. And oh. they like, they like rated my, you know, cognitive blah, blah, blah. And my, you know, it, like I read the report. It's really interesting to read. If you ever get to read like a psychiatrist report on you, mm -hmm. it's funny because like in the report, they're like, she, she showed up. Well, um, dressed nicely and neat and she had was well kept and because i guess that is something they look for with certain diagnoses is like if i came like you know unshowered or messy and i was like oh, oh. they like my outfit cool um Interesting. but, <laughs> but uh yes yeah, so i didn't know if you went through that formal process but that's great that she could see it just right off no, the bat she was like it's bad because she was like she asked me just things she was like do you I think one of the questions is like, do you open your mail? And I was like, no, no, I have months of mail just unopened. Do you still? Yes. When I see a check, I open that because yeah. I've had a lot of checks <laughs> go bad because I just didn't open it. So do you get a, okay. So when I see mail, right, mm -hmm. I try to open it right away and then I get a rush from putting it in the recycling because it's usually junk. Oh, no. See, when I get mail, to me, I'm like, well, this isn't just a piece of paper. This is a uh, an assignment. I have to open it. I have to read it. Then either dispose of it, pay a bill, or respond to it. That's a lot. Mm. <laughs> Do you have a ton of unread emails? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I just turned off the notifications on my phone because it really got incredible to see like a thousand unopened emails. And I was like, this is giving me anxiety. Yeah. So I, uh, I just like every couple hours just open the email and go, okay, 
eventually I have to get on my computer and answer these emails. It's tough. Yeah. But now, like, so let me ask you this. Have you found... Okay, because I also think, in addition to people like yourself who are diagnosed as ADHD, like legit diagnosis, Mm -hmm. I think on top of that, for most people in general, the increasingly technological high-speed world is causing a lot of people to, I wouldn't say have ADHD, because that's a specific Mm -hmm. diagnosis, but just lose their attention, you know, attention spans are dwindling. So have you, has it been harder for you since technology has become more advanced uh i would say yeah like there's instagram there's uh you know there was vine there's tiktok so there's a ton of short form things that can Mm -hmm. grab my attention span for a little bit of time and then i can just like move on to the next thing that grabs my attention so like i used to read books and shit like but also i would like stay up all night reading a book because i was hyper focused on reading a book because Mm -hmm. that's something that comes with the like you get hyper focused on something and you're like i can paint all the pictures tonight and i'll do it by midnight (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i do think it has affected me a little bit and i just try to like combat that by like doing a physical activity doing like yoga and shit and i was very hyper focused on yoga during the beginning of the pandemic and then i fell and dislocated my ankle and then My body was like, well, you can't do the things you used to be able to do. So now I get very frustrated easily. And then I have to tell myself that, like, that's something that happens. Remember how when you first started, you weren't great at it. It's just a lot of talking to myself. Here's the question. Do you have, like, an interior monologue going at all times? Oh, yeah. I was talking to my old roommate, and he was like, no, I don't. And I was like, there isn't a little voice in your head that's like, now you have to get up and go to the bathroom. I was like, you just go to the bathroom? Oh, uh, well, I guess, okay, mine doesn't tell me that stuff. I have, well, okay, All right, let me let me back up a little bit. I, I don't really have one that says, like, do that. I do make a lot of lists of what to do. So I, I mm, am like a planner planner, I guess. Like I like, I'm almost mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't say I'm overly organized by any means, but I, I do narrate a lot. So maybe I don't have the inner, I wonder if yours is inner because you live alone. And because unfortunately my husband is my audience, I will walk around the house being like, I'm going to make lunch now. I'm going to the bathroom. And he's like, uh-huh. And it gives him so much anxiety because he doesn't care. And then when he's not here, I tell my baby. And then if my when my baby wasn't around, it was my dog. Um, so I I more so narrate my inner monologue um when I am in a state of depression or anxiety, I have more of an inner narration going of like, you're a piece of shit, uh, you're a failure. <laughs> Uh, everyone's mad at you. Everyone at the Fox lot is having a meeting right now about how you'll never work again. You know, like that. Uh Thankfully that has lessened um, because of medication and and therapy and all that whatnot. But, uh, Mm -hmm. but it, it it creeps up sometimes when I'm in a bad place. Mine is all the time. Uh, I say things out loud. I'll say the things I think out loud. I talk to my dog. Um, but sometimes I'll pass a mirror and be like, you stupid bitch, you look so good. And then I'll like <laughs> giggle in my head to be like, what a silly thought. 
but also I'll just be like, oh, you don't look good, you dumb dumpster idiot. Um, it's like it's it's very it's interesting, and I just thought but all I- people live like this. I think everyone does. I think maybe some people ver- do it out loud. Some people do it in their head. I mean, it's the whole concept of like the, uh, you know, they talk about like your inner tape, right? Like mm-hmm. that's always like a, a thing therapists say, like you have a tape on loop. And and so I think it can be a negative tape, but it can also be a positive tape. I mean, yeah, like the walking by a mirror and saying you look great. Like that's a wonderful, <laughs> what a great monologue to have. I mean, it's only like, I don't know, 70% of the time I'm like, oh, you're amazing. 70% is great. I don't know. Well, I just decide to like myself. And also, I do things to help me like myself. I'll paint myself into a fully different looking person. Yeah, you do have, I mean, I I don't know if I can do wigs, but I have definitely watched your wig journey and been like, I'd like to get in on that. Thank you. I've now, uh, I just go on Instagram now and I find drag queens whose wigs I like and then ask the people who made their wigs to make me one in human hair. I, I mean, well, so when you just said just now you choose to like yourself, that sounds so uh, easy. Like, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose this uh, brand of ice cream. Like, that is a lot easier said than done. So what what does that mean for somebody who doesn't know how to do that? Sure. It just means um, if I'm in the shower and I'm, like, washing my little body and I go, I hate this role. Why do I have this role? And, like, I don't know. You have it for right now. Maybe you'll change it later. But for right now, that's it. And then I go, oh, okay. I mean, it is, for me, it's that easy. For me, it's like, I'm, what's the point of crying about something I cannot change? Um, And then sometimes I will cry about it, but then I have to go, well, you did it. You cried a little bit. Do you feel better? And then sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Like, um, I like got into this weird like habit of ordering french fries like almost every day and then Mm -hmm. the other day i was like these are not good you continue to eat half of them and throw them away why are you doing this and then this is like two days ago and then last night i was like "Hmm, what if i got french fries and i was like nicole they were not good the last three times you got them do not get them and i was like but what if i just get them and i'm like no so it's just a lot of like back and forth in my brain just being like I don't know. Uh, did crying make you happy? It didn't. It made you feel a little bit worse. Why don't you put on makeup and then look <laughs> in the mirror and go, wow, she's pretty. And then go for a fucking walk with your dog. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's hard, but like, I don't know. I just choose to think about positive things than dwell in the negative. Because if you dwell in the negative, then like, boy, oh boy, that can be a very scary, dark place. Oh, yeah. Well, dwelling in the negative is that loop that I was saying that I think Mm -hmm. some people can get caught in. Like, you know, for you, it's the organizing of your day, which actually sounds like a pretty good tool. It can be really helpful. I think it could be a negative thing when that loop or that narration is like the I'm a piece of of Mm -hmm. shit or the staying in the negative. I mean, it's a fucking habit. It's truly a habit. Celebrate the tiniest things yeah i have it's not a farm it's four to five tomato plants two strawberry plants a watermelon and a cucumber or yeah cucumbers watermelon and uh cantaloupe and i call myself a farmer 
and I like uh-huh. to post my tiny little harvests, I'll grow a fucking strawberry the size of my thumbnail and I will post it and say, wow, what a bountiful harvest. And yeah, I'm half kidding, but also I'm like, no, I grew this. I woke up and every day remember to water it. That's very cool for me because usually I don't remember to do anything, but I know when I wake up, I got to water my fucking farm because I'm a fucking farmer and I'm very proud of it. And when people go, (laughs) girl, that's stupid on Instagram, I block them. I don't need that negativity. I'm proud of me. I love I'm not good at it. We need to normalize not being perfect at fucking everything. Draw an ugly picture. Post it. You did it. You did it. I... Like, when I feel down, I'll pole dance. And truly, I'm not good at it. But, like, I feel strong and it feels good, so I continue to do it. Yeah, you're right. Normalize not being good at everything. Because I think the fear is, well, I know when I was younger, I quit a lot of things because I wasn't good right away. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand that you can do stuff just to do it. Or if you keep doing it, you might actually get good one day. But also, it doesn't matter if you get good. And I think that's something that gets lost pretty easy that you can just, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I felt like during the pandemic, I did more things for the joy of it. Like I had, I developed hobbies. I, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, well, my husband was the one who created the garden, but I got excited about what grew, Um, (laughs) but you know, but like there was more and, and I, something that is, I, I don't know if you relate to this at all. I don't want to say making me sad, but now that things are getting normal-ish again, I don't want to lose the part of myself that was a little simpler mm-hmm. and more, you know, celebrating. I think I celebrated more of the little things during the pandemic because there wasn't a lot going on and there wasn't a lot mm-hmm. to celebrate. And so I, I, I want to maintain that. And I, I want... I. I suspect a lot of people feel the same way because now we're getting back into like, make money, be successful, Uh compare, you know. I agree with you. Uh, And you're not the only person I've spoken to about this where it was like, I don't know if I, because my therapist said three months into the pandemic, she was like, we're going to be nostalgic for this time. And I said, you're fucking off your rocker, bitch. I don't know if I should see you anymore. (laughs) And then we would talk last week and I said, you're at, you were right. I really miss like backyard hangouts and like seeing people like outside and being like, we don't know what's going on, but like we have this moment right now. Yeah. And I like, I missed doing yoga. I was like doing this like split class where like we all celebrate it when we got like a little bit lower in our splits. Um, But it's hard. It's hard to like carry that over now that the, the world is open again because Americans and just like the American dream is like work hard and you can have everything where it's like for some, for most you work hard for nothing. You work 40, 50 fucking hours a week and you can't buy a house because a bunch of fucking billionaires or millionaires have bought up all the property and gentrified your area. So now you're pushed out even further. So I think it's a little bit like, like, you know how there's, like, a worker shortage right now where people are like, <laughs> they just don't want to work. It's like, well, if I can make the same amount on unemployment and not work, but, like, also be able to, like, travel cheaply, I'm going to fucking do that. And to me, I'm like, it's not work ethic. It's being like, this is shitty. 
why would I throw away my years at a job that's not going to give me anything? Yeah. Why not just, you know, figure out how to do like a little side hustle for a little bit, travel or do whatever, and then go back to that little set. Like, I don't know. It's just the U.S. is wild. And I've been grappling with like, how much do I want to work? Well, yeah, I mean, even when you were saying earlier with the eight, with the ADHD of like feeling bad when you didn't want to do anything, in addition to ADHD, there is, I mean, it the notion, I, don't know, I just think we live in a very complex, conflicting message country yeah. in which we're told, never relax, you're supposed to always be working hard, you're supposed to always like, do, go, 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 but mm. then you have this other notion of like be in the moment practice Mm -hmm. mindfulness and it's like okay so both feel like i don't i think it's really hard to find the balance i guess Mm -hmm. what i'm saying of like because there are times where i love to do nothing it's it's it depends though if i'm doing nothing because i'm depressed Mm -hmm. or if i'm doing nothing when my heart wants to do something then i know that that's a problem yeah but when i want to do nothing because i am like no i want to do nothing Mm -hmm. like i my body needs to rest my mind needs to rest and i mean nothing like not even look at my phone like i just want to like lay down i really try to honor that but it is you know the same way i'm like it shouldn't be our responsibility. It's the corporation's responsibility to be more ethical. I kind of feel that way about this like work life balance where I'm like, well, it shouldn't be my responsibility to find the balance. People shouldn't be so fucking competitive and money hungry. I mean, you know, yeah. when I went to Italy, stores are closed. I think from like noon 30 to like three 30. Cause everyone takes yep. time for themselves. Yeah. We don't do that here. We're like, no, you get rewarded if you work overtime. You get time and a half. You get all this shit. I like saw this like uh, thread on Twitter that was like, actually working at home is not great. And I was like, oh, of course, whatever corporation sponsored this tweet, because that's how you trick people into working harder. You think about yeah. work on your commute. Then you're at work. You think about work going home on your commute. It's like they, they just trap you. You stay later at the office because X, Y, and Z. You, you don't like your family, so you stay at work later. And it's like, get the fuck out of your family. <laughs> Leave your family if you don't like them. Well, I, I I'll often wonder, because my parents are from Italy, and so they have... I was raised European and I, I, I apologize to listeners who are like, yeah, we get it. You were raised an immigrant, but it affects so much of my worldview because I was raised with this European, I wouldn't say it's a laid backness, but it's like an indulgent. I, I don't know sure. if that's that, like sort of, you know, like, like enjoy live, the have a job, but live your fucking life. Have a glass but, of wine at noon. But because my my parents, specifically my dad, immigrated here and was like, American dream. Mm-hmm. He worked, I mean, I not I I think he works and he's almost 80, like 18 hours. He's just always fucking fixing or doing mm-hmm. or something. And I am curious if that is an Amer a symptom of becoming an American. Well, I was in Chicago visiting my family and um, a couple of relatives were there and I was talking to them and they're from Barbados. And I was like, it's so wild that you don't have Bayesian accents. Like, you don't sound like you're from Barbados. And they were like, oh, when we got here, people made fun of us so hard that we just were like, no, we're not going to sound like that. 
Mm-hmm. And that's like, and they wanted to like assimilate and be like, you know, you know, a uh, black American or whatever. And I was like, well, can you even like do the accent? And uh, one of my family members was like, no, brings up really bad, painful memories. I was like, oh my oh, God. God. And then, yeah, like my grandpa worked for a very long time. Like, yeah, everyone in my family just like they work. And I'm like, guys, like, let's go to Barbados. Let's have a nice time. And they're like, no, work. I'm like, all right. But it is hard to know what is enough, I, I think, because, I mean, I spe- like, you know, as someone who works in the creative industry, mm-hmm. I really would struggle with when to turn it off. Because especially now, it's like, well, I could always be, like, posting or recording or making something, mm-hmm. especially now, like, all these articles that come out that are like, now, are, now more than ever, your success is in your hands because you own a telephone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Mm-hmm. I don't want the success in my hand. I want someone to tell me when to show up for work. Uh-huh. I'll do the job. And then I want to be sent home. And and I know <laughs> I unfortunately didn't choose a career that's like that. But like, mm-hmm. that is a really hard thing to be like, okay, yesterday I worked on X, Y, and Z. Today I have a day off. Like, But it's it never feels like a day off because you can mm-hmm. always be producing and creating. Yeah. I mean, during the pandemic, I was like, boy, oh boy, people are going to come out of here with scripts and jobs. And it has been true. Like, just a ton of articles being like, the Polly Pocket movie's getting produced. The Barbie. And I'm like, okay, so these people were working on this stuff. But then I was like, that's just not me. That's not how I operate. Like, I was, I found 2020 to be rather traumatic. And I, I just didn't have the bandwidth to, to do those things. And I'm like, that's great. That's, but then I'm like, what were you doing before the pandemic? Not churning out scripts. So like, it's fine that you didn't do that during the pandemic. But you're always working though. You're very, yeah. I feel like you're always working. Um, yes and no. I've been saying no to a lot more, which has been nice. Good. It's been very nice to be like, I'm going to do things that I care about. And yeah. if I get like an offer where I'm like, uh, but I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm I I feel that way and I, I wanna maintain that because I I wanna maintain the and it feels so weird to be like I was so relaxed during the pandemic because I know some people had a ha- I mean yeah. listen, I mean it's it, just, it was, it's a nice privilege to be able to be like I had an okay pandemic yeah. and I could, you know, look within where some people just didn't get that opportunity. Yeah, some people were going to work every day at yes. the grocery store or whatever it was. And so, you know, no disrespect to them. But for me, like, whatever that, you know what it was that I, I did during the pandemic? And partially also I was pregnant for a good portion of it too. So mm-hmm. that added to this. But I was very nice to myself. That's what it is. That's what I want to carry over. I mm-hmm. honored things. I didn't, if I didn't want to do something, I didn't call myself lazy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I I didn't, I, I honored how I was feeling. If I was having a depressed day, if I was having whatever, I honored it rather than like being mean to myself about it or forcing myself to, you got to go to the party because they're going to be mad at you if you don't show mm-hmm. up. There was no party to go to. So I could just honor whatever I felt like doing and my choices and, you know, it, it nothing brought me more in the moment than I think the pandemic too. Like more mm-hmm. so than like any fucking wellness blog I've read because there wasn't <laughs> a lot to do. There wasn't uh-huh. a lot to do. So I had to be in the moment. Where else could I go? 
Yeah, I think it's hard. It's going to be hard to carry it on as we like revert back to quote unquote normal. But I'm like, there is no normal. We why don't we create a different normal? Yeah, I want the normal to be all that fucking energy of putting black squares online and all that stuff. Like, I'm like, shit, I got to be doing more. But it's like all these corporations are like, we here at Walmart believe all people are equal. I'm like, they sure don't. But make products that make me be able to have more choices to not feel like a piece of shit when I I buy stuff. It does suck because it's like, me personally, there's really nothing I can do to change the fact that like these corporations don't pay taxes where I'm paying taxes, that these corporations, you know, during the month of June are like, we stand by our LGBTQIA uh, community. And it's like, you do? How? How do you do it? By selling rainbow t-shirts. I mean, if I see one that more were rainbow made. I will murder somebody. But yeah, it's so, just like last year when they were like, we're going to make uh, more inclusive things. And it's like, well, then great. Like, let your CEO step down and hire a black woman or hire a black man or hire a trans person or, you know, hire an Indian or an Asian American. Like, it's just like. So you're saying these things and then you're not fucking doing a goddamn thing. Yeah. My whole thing is just like, they need to pay more taxes. They like they, the amount of taxes that Jeff Bezos could be paying could supplement a lot of things in this world. Like maybe all public schools could be good with one year of Jeff Bezos's fucking taxes being paid. Maybe people could not have to do GoFundMes when they have cancer. I mean, that's insane. People could get affordable insulin. Honestly, the more I live in this world, the more I'm like, throw it away. <laughs> like, I don't want it. Let's let's fuck it. We, we're all going to space. <laughs> well, I think you most certainly, I'm sure, helped someone listening with the talking about ADHD because the same way that when your friend told you about hers, yeah, it made you feel less alone. And so that is. Opening. Well, and that is, you know, I was saying earlier, like, oh, what am I doing to help? But I, I do know that, you know, listen, I, money overwhelms me. So mm-hmm. I don't know the financial plan for the country. <laughs> so I can't, that's not how I'm going to help. Okay. Science is hard. Very hard. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if you knew this, but I'm not a scientist. You're uh, not? No. So what I've to. chosen to do. What I chose, why? Because I'm wearing a lab coat right now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and you're holding beakers. I know. You guys can't see me at home, but I'm holding beakers with beautiful smoke coming out <laughs> of the top. <laughs> but I, but you know, I feel like what our job is, and I hope it helps, is I just share every fucking fucked up thing about me. And it hel- I hope it helps other people. And it definitely helps me because mm-hmm. like when someone else is like, when someone can laugh at how fucked up I feel, then I'm like, oh, cool. Okay. Like we're on, I'm not as crazy as I thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and maybe people feel less crazy and less alone with how fucked up they are. They wouldn't be fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. Also, I didn't say this, but medication is okay. Medication is <laughs> Medication does not mean you're weak. Medication, honestly, just think of it like as an aid. Because like I know a lot of like my uncle at one point was like, why are you on medication? I was like, because it helps me function and my days are nicer. And the days I don't take it, 
I look at a like one day I looked at Sashir and I was like, how were you friends with me before I started taking medicine? And she was like, I don't know. You were fun. You're still fun. It's just a little reined in, but yeah. And like, there'd be times where she'd like leave me at a bar and she'd be like, don't drink anymore. And I'd be like, I will because today's hyper focus is drinking everything at the bar. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, medication's great. Therapy. I'm great. very help is pro. Great. Oh my god, I'm pro. It took me. It was interesting because I've I've always been pro meds for anyone who wants them, but for myself, for years, years, I went on and off, on and off. I'm like, I'm gonna do CBD instead. I'm gonna do herbs. I'm gonna, do, and then I just was like, why are you trying to be special or a hero mm-hmm. or like whatever, like. Is it, that Stella? Uh, it's my, hu- I'm on, I'm, as I'm recording with you, my husband is outside the window Bring of my, my office friend. playing with the hose and spraying the window and they're oh. laughing like father and daughter. Oh, they're an ad God. for, they're an ad for don't abandon your, ch-. you know what I mean? Like good. <laughs> it's, it's sad that there has to be ads that are like, don't forget to be a dad like that. It's, it's what is it it's like pass it on.org where it's like yeah. don't yell at your children they'll remember it forever oh <laughs> i'm living proof that they will remember forever uh, <laughs> but you know we're all doing the best we Wait, can i um, to bring her inside i will i'm gonna end the podcast and then i'll bring oh, her okay inside. um uh, this was lovely thank you for having me thank you for being on the show is there anything you would like people to you know, anything you want to say. Um, believe shit. in yourself. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, watch my <laughs> shit. Listen to my shit. You can find it on the internet. But also, you're okay. It's okay. Life yeah. is okay. Life is okay. I know we talked about the doom and gloom, but it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole, thank you so much. Oh, I almost forgot to ask the most important question that I ask every what? guest. What? Should I get bangs? Honestly, no. I'm liking the look right now. Okay, cool. Great. Yeah. No bangs. No, thank you. Okay. Unless done. you do curtain bangs. I tried and I didn't have the uh, the patience to blow them to the side. Like I got to sure. swoop them. Sure. And I see yes. the people with the 70s swoop. And uh, and they look so good, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do that it with is bell work. bottoms. It and then I remember work. I'm like five foot three, and <laughs> bell bottoms, I drown in them, and the hair. It's you know, it's a whole thing. But no, I get it. Okay, well, thank you so much, Nicole. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Love talking to Nicole. Could talk to her all day long. Uh, really hoped her ADHD story helped some of you listening. Um, I think, you know, there's so many different diagnoses and, and mental, you know, health stuff that can kind of be mushed into different, you know, misdiagnosed is what I'm trying to get at. So, uh, so if you related to Nicole's story, you know, I hope maybe you bring it up to your therapist and, you know, maybe get the help you need and uh, know that it's all going to be okay. Also, I'm so glad that we talked a little bit about fast fashion because I don't think I've ever talked about it in the podcast. And it's something that I feel uh, really strongly about. Um, 
I saw this movie. It was a Netflix documentary about fast fashion. Oh my gosh. Oh, The True Cost. Um, I think it's still on Netflix. I highly recommend watching The True Cost. If it's not on Netflix, it is on YouTube, I believe. So True Cost, give it a watch. Uh, Also check out Good On You. It's an app that lets you know about different companies and their ethics. Also fashionrevolution.org is another great resource um, to let you know what companies are doing. And look, you can only do the best you can. Obviously, we're all going to buy stuff that's maybe not the most ethical, but I do think being an informed consumer is better than being an uninformed consumer. So at least you can make conscious choices. So uh, those are some resources. Also thrift, vintage, that's my jam. I love thrifting and vintage. Highly recommend it. If you need some suggestions of thrift stores and vintage stores, I know a lot of them in a lot of cities because that's my favorite thing to do when I travel. If you have suggestions of vintage stores in your city, tweet them at me. Julia Rossi on Twitter. Message me them. Uh, I love I love knowing where to get the goods. And uh, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. 